0: Welcome to Herb W. Morgan's Slaying Bulls and Bears, a podcast about economics, markets, investing, politics, and profit. Every Monday, in less than 20 minutes, Wall Street portfolio manager Herb W. Morgan distills the complex and complicated into the simple and sensical. Here's Herb now. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's uh, Tuesday, September 27th, 2022. I'm Herb Morgan, and I've been out on a vacation, extended vacation, for the last two weeks, so I have not done an economic commentary, but I am back and refreshed and true to form. Markets have been down, and significantly so, while I was out and about. Rest assured, uh, you were in good hands here at EMA with the team, and we were in constant contact during uh, my vacation. So this is the weekly commentary for this week, beginning today, Monday, well, excuse me, it's actually Tuesday the 27th. I was flying back on Monday the 26th. As a reminder, you can find me intra week on uh, LinkedIn under Herb Morgan or Twitter at ETF underscore strategist. You can hear this either as a subscription with the notes, charts, and graphs, or by subscribing through a podcast. The name of the podcast is Slaying Bulls and Bears. This presentation has been prepared for use with you, whether you are an investor or a financial advisor. Regardless, you're expected to make your own investment decisions. Nothing contained in the presentation should be treated as investment advice. There are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of any securities. Uh, There are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of any securities. Everything is for informational purposes only. Its accuracy, adequacy, and completeness cannot be guaranteed. We're beginning to look like a broken record this year. It's been a long, ugly year, and we still have another quarter to go. Last week, equity markets continued to sell off as the Federal Reserve aggressively, again, hiked short-term interest rates, the Fed funds rate and the discount rate, Fed funds rate being the most relevant to what we're talking about today. That has sent stocks lower and also sent bonds lower as interest rates have gone up very quickly. It's one of the worst bear markets, the biggest bear markets we've seen in treasury securities in my career. We're almost back to the levels of interest rates on shorter-term treasuries back, way back in the day when I started in the business back in the 1980s. So let's take a look at the economic data and then we're going to take a look a little bit about the market data and then we'll talk a little bit about what we are doing currently. Let's start with data released last week, the National Association of Home Builders sentiment index has officially gone negative for two consecutive months, went from a 49 to a 46 in September. That means that on balance, the nation's home builders are pessimistic. And you can see this happened before, happened back there and there you go. There's 12, 13 period. See if I can get my little, my little um, spotlight out here. Let's do that. There's the spotlight or no, that's not the spotlight. Let's try it again. There we go. There's a spotlight. We got negative in the recession, the COVID recession, and we're negative again after a strong period of really crazy gains. Well, why were they so optimistic? There was free money sloshing around. People were getting checks from the government and buying houses and interest rates were super low and people were locking in these rates. That's changed. You can no longer do that. So it makes perfect sense that home builders would become a little bit negative. This is disinflationary. I think we have to ask ourselves, people are really starting to get negative about um, inflation, true, but when you see all the data coming in negative, that's all disinflationary data. It was this data up here that was inflationary, then we got the inflation. Now we're down here, so what's next? Well, I think a moderation or even a disinflationary uh, period. Housing starts uh, for August rose 12%. That was really a massive gain gain in multifamily starts. Single-family starts was more modest, uh, but that's a big rebound from the, the month before. Permits fell about 10%. It's very difficult if you are a home builder in this environment, say, well, if interest rates are going up, I don't know what my buyers can afford. If we're going into a recession, will there be job losses? There hasn't been any job losses as of yet. Uh, and what about these prices, uh, the input prices, everything from drywall, to rebar, to uh, re- appliances, cabinets, doors, window frames, you name it, all of that is impacting uh, those industries, which is all disinflationary. Look at existing home sales. We were running at a pace of six to six and a half million homes a year in this frenzy period. We all saw our home go up 20% from the bottom of COVID or more. And suddenly with the interest rate environment getting normalized, existing home sales are down to a pace that's quite frankly more normal. It's actually even a little below normal. If normal's around 5 million, we're at about a 4.7, or excuse me, 4.8 million annualized rate. That's making up for some of that, right? So, okay, fine. This is the disinflationary forces now starting to percolate through the economy. One area though, we're not seeing, and of course we're happy about that, is we're not seeing a pickup in jobless claims. I've said over and over, 300000 below or less on a weekly basis is a sign of a healthy labor market. The labor market continues to be healthy. The job openings far exceed the number of unemployed or marginally employed in the economy. Uh, And we don't see continuing claims going. They're hovering around 1.4 million. All of this is solid, which makes me this question of, are we going into recession? The answer to that is always yes, by the way. We're never going to eliminate the recession in the in the business cycle the question is is it imminent and it will it be a a case of massive job losses and massive earnings cuts uh to the public companies that we invest in through index tracking etfs the answer is of course we don't know just is what it is but without job losses you really can't have in my opinion a deep recession right because the consumer drives the U.S. economy, the biggest driver of the U.S. economy, and the consumer is a person with a job, period. Let's talk about the two flash readings we got from S&P Global, the old market last week. U.S. manufacturing uh, rose a little bit, 51.8, a little bit above estimate. So manufacturing expanded. We'll get a final reading next week, but it looks like manufacturing expanded in September. This was the COVID-related shutdown. This was the big drop in it. Manufacturing. manufacturing. seems to be rolling along just fine. But manufacturing is only about 15% of the U.S. economy. 85% is services. And services had two really bad months in July and August and rebounded, but still below 50 in September. Fed needs to take note of this as they consider further interest rate hikes. But here's the good news, 49.2, that's pretty close to even, estimate was for 43.7. So interesting read there. So this is the thing everybody's calling and emailing me about and um, is, well, what about the stock prices? And what about my portfolio? Well, let's take a look at this graph. This is the S&P 500. The green uh, line represents the 50-day moving average. So it kind of smooths things out. And then the 200-day moving average is represented by the brown line, which smooths things out even further. Clearly we're in a bear market. The question is, are we at the bottom of that bear market or do we have further to go? The answer is not really knowable. And to, for me to say that I know would be kind of silly and disrespectful to all of you. The reality is we do know that we have bear markets from time to time. And so let's look back. Well, we had one here. Remember back in 2017, 18, when there was all this, this, this uh, the saber rattling by the administration with our trade partners, and that caused a pretty significant sell-off? Well, it was resolved and the markets rocketed higher. You can see the S&P here got down to about 2,400, and it rallied all the way to 3,500. That's a massive move. Then we had the COVID shutdown with a massive drop. And of course, things looked pretty dark right there in the middle of the COVID shutdown. And we rallied from about, well, what does that look like there, 23, 23.50? all the way up to about 4,700, which is more than a 100% increase. Probably, in my opinion, the stock market rallied more than it should have because we stimulated the economy more than we should have. We cut interest rates to zero. We went on a massive bond-buying scheme, the Federal Reserve did, and we had massive fiscal stimulus, far in excess of what we did in 2008. The government, through the fiscal side, the Fed, through the monetary side, wanted to make us not have the pain associated with COVID, the economic pain. Well, the byproduct of that was a lot of inflation. And the Fed, under the law, has a mandate that says you must combat inflation. The way they do that, raise interest rates, cease the bond buybacks by bond buying, and let the bonds mature, roll off the balance sheet to about the tune of about $95 billion a month. They're doing that now. So while while the Fed's actions here inflated asset prices at an unsustainable rate of increase, we all enjoyed our house price skyrocketing, we all enjoyed our 401ks skyrocketing, that rate of increase was unsustainable and now the market has said, okay, let a little of the air out, a little of the pressure and the stock market has sold off. Are the long-term fundamentals any different for Microsoft, for Google? for Louis Vuitton, for all the great companies of the world, probably not. The short-term prospects are less known and more uncertain today, and that is the sell-off. Here's an example of a little shorter-term period. This is the last five years. This would be the third big, or really the fourth big sell-off we've had recently. We had that little 10 percenter in early 18, that wasn't much. But then we had a 20 percenter in late 18, that was the the, the trade uh negotiations then we have 34 percenter in 2020. so who who did well did some people sell at the top of these markets and then and pay their taxes and then buy back in maybe is that really a strategy that works for you for me no not really because all you have to do is be right once and you'll convince yourself mistakenly that you're smarter than the market and the reality is you could be right once, you could be right twice. And in the end, you all you got to do is be wrong once and you wipe out a lot of gains. So the key, in my opinion, is staying invested through these things. Here we are now. We're, we had the all-time high back late December, early January. And this time we're down about 24%. It doesn't mean capitalism is ending. It doesn't mean we won't go to new highs again. In fact, I think we will go to new highs again as soon as the Fed begins to indicate that they've done enough to to moderate inflation, and we can go back on our way. way. There is no, in my mind, there is very little chance that we are going to have hyper runaway inflation and things are going to get out of hand. That's just not how the US economy is structured. I think we will be fine. I think the market will do whatever it wants. It's being driven by levered players, hedge funds and CTAs, and they're gonna whip things around. The best thing for us to do as investors Use this opportunity. What can you do here? Well, you can tax loss harvest. You can add cash to a portfolio. As long as you're patient and you're willing to wait, I believe you'll be richly rewarded. And if we get sell off any further, we'll probably do a rebalance. Where were we before COVID? Well, we were down here at about 3,300 on the S&P. We're getting close there. We got to, you know, we were in the 3,400 range uh, this morning. We got below 3,400. Uh, the other day, Uh, so let's keep watching it. Let's see what happens, excuse me, 3,600, sorry. Um, I'm not overly concerned. So why does the market have to go down because the Fed's raising interest rates? Well, we value stocks off of the alternative. And two years ago, the risk-free alternative was you could get 0% by buying treasuries. That didn't work out so well because inflation eroded those returns. Today, you can buy short-term treasuries. Well, 10-year treasuries, almost four. Two-year treasury is four. So stocks need to pay you more than that to compensate for the risk. So the earnings yield on stocks is going up, up, up every time the stock market goes down, down, down. Question is, will this yield keep, I mean, look at this move in the treasury yield. It's gone from 0.5 to four in a period of just two years. So my guess is this is an unsustainable rate. Things will settle out eventually. In the meantime, I think the worst thing to do would be to follow that impulse to head for the exit. If you're, if you're a long-term investor, stay a long-term investor. Now, one bit of optimism that I think I wanted to share, and, and I, there's no indicator that's 100%. There's no indicator that's guaranteed. But this is the AAII, individual investor, American Association of Individual Investor sentiment index. When bullish sentiment, meaning people that think the market's going higher, gets to low periods, low readings, it usually is followed by big runs higher in the stock market. Back in 2009, in March of 2009, we got below 20. We all know the market far more than doubled in the subsequent years after the 2009 catastrophe. Back in 2013, we had a reading and then a rally. 15, 16, low reading and a rally. We didn't get there in the trade readings of 2018. That that was resolved, but here we are. We've been at this kind of below 20 reading for most of the year. We've had some spikes, but we're there. And in my opinion, if you're a long-term investor, it represents a great entry point. I don't know what'll happen in the next three to six months. I really don't. Uh, I suspect we're somewhere near the bottom and the Fed As long as the job market holds steady, the Fed can raise those rates and they can beat inflation and they can take care of the inflation problem. And we're already seeing some positive results. We didn't have any data scheduled really yesterday and Monday. It was my flyback day. Uh, Tuesday today, durable goods actually beat a little bit on the core. That's good. Uh, We got home price data, consumer confidence, new home sales, trade, pending home sales on Wednesday, weekly claims, again, below 300000 Second quarter GDP uh, revision supposed to be unchanged. Friday, personal income spending, big, important numbers. Core PCE price index, very important. That's the Fed's measurement. It went down last month. Let's see if we can do it again. Chicago PMI and consumer sentiment. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks for letting me have a vacation. I am refreshed and enjoyed every bit of it. And as always, I'm sitting here bored. I'm the Maytag repairman. Happy to take your calls at any time. Thank you for listening to Slaying Bulls and Bears. If you'd like to download the slides for this week's podcast, go to www.efficient-portfolios.com and join our mailing list. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate us online, and share with a friend if you found this helpful. See you next week.